This is the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast, and I'm your host, Brian Briscoe. Now, this podcast is designed for the aspiring apartment investor and literally gives them the opportunity to ask the questions that will help them get to the next level. So if you're an aspiring apartment investor, this podcast is for you. Now, this podcast is brought to you by the Tribe of Titans Multifamily Educational Community. It's your one-stop shop for learning how to succeed at apartment investing. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast. I'm your host, Brian Briscoe with Streamline Capital Group and the host of the Tribe of Titans, which is a pretty awesome group, by the way. Now, what I want to talk about today is a little bit of why I underwrite like I underwrite. One thing that I have been very specific about for several years now is when I'm looking at a project, I want to make sure the numbers work without having to rely on a refinance, you know, and I think a lot of people, especially with your value adds, there's a lot of people who have a tendency or who have a desire to put a refinance in and it's a decent business model. I'm not saying it's a bad business model, but the idea is you buy something that's undervalued, that needs a little tender, loving care, some TLC, and the rents are a little depressed. The occupancy is low maybe, or the, the units just need some fixing up and you go in, you typically can't qualify for permanent debt. And so you have to get some sort of bridge product, short-term product to be able to make things work or just bring a lot of capital to the table. Okay. And a lot of sponsors and operators prefer the higher leverage loan because it does boost returns. Now, the more leverage you have on a property, the more risk there is to, to actually lose money or a higher percentage of money. Leverage amplifies gains, but leverage will also amplify your losses as well. So what could potentially happen with the refinance? Now, once again, you know, two degrees in math, and you don't really need two degrees in math to do that, but I have a bachelor's, master's in math, was a PhD program when September 11th happened and changed my mind, started doing other things. But bottom line, you know, when I look at numbers on, on spreadsheets, I like to say it's kind of like the matrix. I can see patterns out of numbers like a lot of other people can't. It's almost like, you know, Keanu Reeves in the matrix when he's watching zeros and ones come up, he can see pictures out of that. He learns how to see pictures out of that. That's how my mind works when I'm looking at spreadsheets. And, and early on, I realized that if you just tweaked some of the details of your refinance in your underwriting projections, it's a very sensitive number, meaning small changes in your refinance data could lead to very large changes in your output. Okay. So there's a lot of sensitivity around that refinance in your numbers. If you're looking at refinancing in year two or year three, there's two key components that can really wildly skew your projected results. Number one, the value at refinance. Okay. Where is the value at refinance? If you're buying at 5 million and you're projecting a $10 million value in two years, I mean, I don't know that, I mean, I'm just making some, something up, but that might be a big, big stretch. So if you, if you're predicting an overly high value at refinance, that's a very sensitive number. And the second thing is interest rate. I think those two numbers that the value and the interest rate are both together going to determine you know, how much money you're going to get on your refinance proceeds. And the interest rate especially is, is going to determine how much your debt is going to cost you. What ends up happening is if you can return most of the capital to the investors, your overall returns are going to be based on the amount of money invested, and it's going to boost your overall returns to investors. 
Anyway, these numbers are very sensitive. Small changes in the input are going to potentially lead to some very drastic changes in the output. And my math brain looks at this and I don't like sensitivity when I'm dealing with with numbers. I don't like sensitive input values when I'm dealing with underwriting. Okay. So typically I just like to keep the refinance out. If the deal doesn't work with the refinance, I don't keep it in. Anyway, speaking of, I was talking with a friend yesterday and they told me that they're passively invested in a deal that closed in 2019. And here's where the refinanced issue kind of comes up is this particular product was a value add. A lot of people invest in value adds. Normally it's a very good investment, but there is a little more risk to your C-class value adds than there is on a stabilized product. And we'll see why. Okay. On a stabilized product, you can come in and you can get permanent debt. You can get five, seven, 10 year loans, you know, even 20 or 40 year loans, depending on you know, what product you're going with. But the point is you can get some very long-term loans and two or three years ago, you could have locked in a very low rates, but you can still lock in a fixed rate on long-term debt. This particular property was a value add and the sponsors got a bridge loan. It was a 311 bridge loan, which meant that they had a fixed interest rate for the first year or first three years. And after that three years, they have the option of extending it for an additional year. Now that option comes with a price. Okay. There's a price tag associated with that option. Now, not only is there a price tag associated with that option, but most bridge products require you to have rate cap insurance. And in today's market, rate caps are very expensive because interest rates are very volatile. And so what rate cap insurance does is you pay a third-party insurance agency and they will insure your loan. If the rates go up above a certain point, they will pay the loan payment above that level you know, so you don't have to. So it basically buys you insurance so that you can cap the amount of money that you pay to your lender. And if rates go above a certain point, the rate cap insurance provider will make the difference in the, in the payments to your lender. Now, when lenders are giving out these loans, they require the borrower to have rate cap insurance. Anyway, I was talking with a friend that invested in a deal with this 311. The sponsors tried to sell it, the buyer backed out. And right now they don't have time to sell it before that three-year loan comes due, all right? They locked in at a three point something percent three years ago, and now they're looking at permanent financing right now is at 6%. You know, to get a Fannie or a Freddie, your high fives, low sixes to start with. So they're looking at, they either refinance into something permanent at a 6% or they pump in a million dollars to buy that rate cap insurance, a million dollars to buy that rate cap insurance. I'll say it again. They pump in a million dollars to buy that rate cap insurance to be able to keep their existing loan. That's one of those things where if they refinance, they're still going to have to pump money in to refinance because they're going from a 3% rate to a 6% rate. The value hasn't really increased so much. They're not going to be able to get enough proceeds to pay back their original loan. Once again, you know, it's it's just there's there's a lot of unknowns when you underwrite. And, and one thing that I think you have to understand are the risks involved. You know, when you put a refinance in, when you when you are you're 
business plan depends on that refinance or your business plan depends on that short window to sell things, you're adding an extra layer of risk to the table. If the economy is doing good and rates you know, are as low or about the same place they were when you originally bought the property, no issues. You're going to be, you're going to be a happy camper. All right. You're going to have a, a good time. You're going to be able to refinance. Things are going to work. But if you bought two or three years ago and you're Loans coming due, you have a two-year term or a three-year term or adjustable rates or, or whatnot, you could be in a position right now where you're going to have significant problems trying to keep the property afloat. And with many sellers, if, if, if a refinance isn't on the table, if you can't refinance and pull money out or you have to do a cash-in refinance, um, the only other option really is to sell. And if you've got to sell quickly, you're going to sell at a lower price. And that's just just the fact. If you're looking for a buyer who can close in 30 or 60 days so you can beat that loan term, you're going to have to sell at a much lower price. So what ends up happening is it limits your options on the back end. And the point is, for all of this, is you have to understand what could potentially happen when you are doing the underwriting. Okay, when you do a three, and, and nobody, when, when the economy is good in 2019, 2020, we had 10 straight years of you know economic growth, 10 straight years of rates were fairly reasonable during those 10 years. We didn't have a, a period where rates went up so fast. And so everybody was, was smoking that hopium, as a good friend calls it, and uh, expecting rates to continue to stay low. And that didn't materialize. But end of the day, you know, what really is is important is that you understand the risks involved. Number one, as a sponsor when you're underwriting, and number two, as an investor when you're investing. When you look for the higher returns, they're going to come typically with corresponding higher risk. Your C class and your B class value adds with bridge loan products are going to have a higher risk level than your B and A class stabilized product. So those are typically called your core or your core plus. There's trade-offs with everything. Higher risk typically comes with higher reward. But just remember that there is risk involved and the more risk you stack on the table, the the higher the potential of failure or not meeting your marks. Anyway, that's it for today. Just wanted to get this out there while it's hot in my mind. And you know, make sure when you're when you're underwriting properties, you are taking a look at what could possibly happen three years from now. Hopefully, if you're getting bridge debt right from right now, you know, three years from now, you can refinance at a much lower rate. But I still wouldn't bank on it. And that's it for today. Go enjoy your day and go find yourself some deals, even in this market. Thanks for listening to the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast by the Tribe of Titans. If you're still listening, you obviously liked it. So go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star rating and review if you haven't already. And then make sure to check out our YouTube channel, which incidentally has a ton of video content that you'll also enjoy and learn from. Now, if you're interested in being on the show, go to our website, diaryofanapartmentinvestor.com and fill out the questionnaire on the website. And for more educational content and for more information about our educational community, check us out at thetribeoftitans.info.